Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy folks, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and welcome to episode number 22 of the podcast. I can't believe we've done 22 episodes, but there you are, time just flies, you know. Um, So I'm here basically to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, how to keep yourself stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking, the people involved and why we love this thing so much. If you're a beginner or just getting into mountain biking or a seasoned pro, this show is for you. We just have straightforward conversations and information. We don't go crazy with technical jargon. It's all about the people involved, what they do and why they love this so much. So I hope you can enjoy the podcast and please, please, please share it with friends. That's always great. Now I want to read out a review from one of our iTunes listeners. I done this last week and I just want to do it again. This is from Hum Daddy History. He says, MTB Awesomeness, five stars. If you've ever enjoyed riding downhills and mountains on a bike, then you get it. It's an exciting and addicting hobby. This is a podcast for all things mountain biking. So thank you very much, Home Daddy History. I really, really appreciate that. And folks, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, I would appreciate a review. And please share with friends. And of course, give it five stars. It's, you know, five stars is always better than four. (laughs) So go with that. But on to today's show, folks. I'm sure you've heard enough of me slavering on here. Now, I don't know if you were following the social media posts that I was putting up trying to hint on who we were getting on today, but I am excited to have this guest on. I hope you are excited also. This guy has, well, I was trying to get him on the show for a long time, but the way things happened, um, we just couldn't hook up together and get time to do it, but he was so, so kind to do the interview while walking home from the gym. So that just lets you understand how important this guy's time is. So I really appreciate him coming on the podcast. It's awesome. So we are talking to Keelan Grant. And Keelan, I don't know if you know or not, has just had a large signing from the CRC Mavic team, who Sam Hill also races for, the world champ. So this was a big deal for Keelan. He chats about that. He chats about being the Red Bull Fox Hunt champion from 2017. He chats about how he reacted to the win at the Red Bull Fox Hunt, how he celebrated for his large EWS signing, which was fantastic for the gentleman. And he works so hard, he really does um, deserve it. So we chat to Keelan about all that. We chat to him about his training, about his advice for young riders, trying to get sponsored, trying to get into the mountain bike scene. And we talk about his racing results, injuries, everything like that, what he's planned for this year, what he hopes to achieve this year out of his racing season. It's a big, big year for Keelan and um, he's all taking it on his shoulders. He's a great lad. It's a brilliant episode, so I hope you really enjoy. So folks, take an hour, chill out, sit back. So let's introduce Keelan Grant to the show. Hi Keelan, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast, it's awesome to have you on the show. How was the gym mate, because you're just out of the gym? How's it going mate, thanks for having me, yeah. Um, yeah, literally just out of a standard evening session and just walking home now, but bit busted, sort of run down to the gym and then end up uh, half crawling home, so yeah, pretty busted. <laughs> 
that's, that's what you need to do. Um, and uh, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's good to have you here. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Now, you've had a pretty exciting year. Um, yeah. I'm not just talking about the first month of 2018, but I'm kind of including 2017 in that. Yeah, that yeah, was a real fun year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so brilliant. So, look, let's just get into it, because this is initially what people will, will want to hear, probably. Um, you've just got a massive signing from Nuke Proof and the CRC Mavic team, um, and you'll be racing alongside mm-hmm. Sam Hill, is that right? Yeah, pretty cool, eh? <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. Um, and will you be attending every event that Sam Hill and that attends, or are you going to try and get to all of them? Yeah, so uh, like this year, I think we're just going to focus on those eight World Series races. So last year, it was kind of like just trying to get to as many as I could, sort of with uh, as a final year student last year doing product design. So it was a wee bit hard to get to all the rounds. So I think I got four rounds then, so it'll be pretty good to uh, just focus on all eight. And that'll be sort of the main, main focus for the year this year. Yep, cool. And have you finished up uni now? Are you done with that? And- yeah, that's that's me completely done. Yeah, so kind of just since uh, since about a month ago, just sort of full time training, just concentrating on the training schedule and just more time in the bike and just prepping for for March more or less. Yeah. Right, brilliant. And and when you got that when you got that news uh, from Chain Reaction Cycles, how did that make you feel? You know, like, was it something you were working towards, or when you initially got that that yes, you're you're signed? How how did that make you feel? What 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 was that like? Yeah, man, it was it was kind of a, a goosebumps situation. Like it was, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of it was a kind of a nice shock. It was like, um, I guess everyone's kind of goal who's sort of working on the World Series is to get in the team and then sort of go from there. And I wasn't really, it was always the, the sort of end goal, get the team, but it's kind of just enjoying the the journey in between like I had such a good such a good summer just training and riding with a few friends and stuff so it wasn't really the first thing in my mind but it was talked about maybe just the end of last season after the after the Fox Hunt maybe it was just mentioned I didn't really think much of it I didn't think it was going to happen and then yeah Paige gave me a phone call one day and it was, it was happy to have me on board and I was yeah stoked real happy it was just fell into place really nicely awesome yeah and uh, tell me how did you celebrate for that um, it was a kind of a like hang up and yeah, just sort of let it sink in a wee bit. I don't think there was, there was too much celebration. It was just kind of like yeah, I was enjoying the off season a bit. I guess we 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 done a good bit of partying while while there was no training being done for maybe a month after the last race. So it was just a bit of downtime, just sort of forget about the bikes and just get back to the old social life of things. I guess mm-hmm. and hang up with a few mates. And then when it was time to train, I was just hungry as ever and kind of been doing that ever since really yeah yeah kind of had to like uh work full-time sort of maybe up till christmas sort of thing so it was uh i wouldn't say it was hard like it was just just time consuming like trying to get out in the morning then maybe gym in the evening or something it was just time consuming but uh joe ward actually helped me out quite a lot because he ran he's a owner of potato bread and he was quite lenient with the hours and weekends and stuff so it was real good that way i was able to work full-time and sort of been in as many hours to train as I could so it's good that way but it's definitely good to not be working now and just full-time training as it is yeah yeah you're a professional athlete now mate you got to you got to yeah. do that <laughs> yeah know? I've got to put in the hours eh <laughs> uh, so tell me um, are you excited for this year then 
Yeah, more excited than ever, I think, really. Um, last year was, yeah, uh, joined Wide Open. It was a real nice introduction to the kind of the UK side of things. It was kind of like a couple of races against some of the bigger athletes in the UK scene and in the world, really. So it was it was nice to get a sort of a, you know, reading of what, what the times are against them and stuff and sort of slowly progressing up throughout the year. Won a few races, a couple of good, decent podiums and stuff and sort of mm-hmm. Just building confidence, man. Yeah, I was real confident last year, so even more confident now. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic news, and you know, I, I know through social media and stuff, there was a lot of people um, that were, you know, really happy for you um, and really encouraging and stuff. So, you know, yeah, it's I, been I, it's been great. Man. Yeah, I'm sure you felt that, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure you appreciate all that all that stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean. Especially the family and friends and stuff. It's just like, yeah, I've been really encouraging and kind of just, I just want to do it for myself and them as well, sort of thing. So, just an extra bit of motivation to get stuck right in with the world's best, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Have you met Sam Hill before, have you? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, well he always stepped up his pits at any World Series. It would have been quite friendly and I could sort of just walk in with the CRC pits and it was Mechanic JC and I know the manager, Fabian and stuff. And it's quite a close connection between the whole Mipris and Chain Reaction thing, it's all the same same people, so it's not much, it's obviously a massive change, but it's kind of like the same people, sort of, like it's the same, it's still Rob from from Nukepris, sort of sorting out the Nukepris side of things, and it's just the new manager, like Nigel sort of sorts out the whole mm-hmm. Chain Reaction team side of things as well, so it's kind of, it's going to be a very different, but very similar, so it is. So. Yeah, and are you excited to ride uh, with Sam, you know, do you think will you be able to learn about being on on his team and, and being to more more of the events with him? Yeah, it kind of it took a while to think in sort of thing. It's just like he's a, he actually came over to Ireland years ago and uh, followed him down uh, Magic Carpet the track up in Ross Trevor, and literally like in that three minutes he probably learned more than I did the whole year 2016. Like honestly, just following him down the track so. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, he, he's been the world's best sort of numerous times and he's a legend that he is sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah, just to be able to sort of feed off that and learn, I'm just, yeah, excited. Yeah, and, you know, just stick on his his tail end and, and go for it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you're hanging on to the back of him, I don't think you're doing all right, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. So, have you, uh, have you thought of any goals you want to achieve this year? Have you even got that far yet? Yeah, so just kind of yeah, just chipping away at what I want to do, um, training wise and getting the bike set up and stuff. And yeah, I really want to make a mark at a couple of races anyway, a couple of the big races, sort of like sort of the, the end goals, kind of get in those single single figures, I guess. But mm-hmm. I haven't had too much luck in the whole World Series uh, races in the past. With a couple like most races seem to have really good like stage results, maybe like top thirties and top twenties, and then. I don't know, like a busted rim or a flat tire just sort of ends the whole overall time thing. So I haven't really, haven't really excelled on the World Series too much at the minute. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty confident I'll come in and I'll be strong and fit and hopefully just make my mark up in that top 20 and yeah, go from there. Yeah, no, brilliant. Um, it, it's good to see. And let, let's talk a wee bit then about uh, the Red Bull Fox Hunt, if, if you will. Um that was awesome as well. And firstly, like, how did that win change things for you? 
Yeah, it's, it's a funny race. Like it's, it's completely mental. Like, um, but I did it. I did it the year before, and then I did it maybe like five years before that. And yeah, it, it's, it's probably one of the most unique races there is. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't really think much. I think it was always just about getting that uh, good start at the start of the race and kind of going from there. But I mind just uh, yeah going going past J Mac and the climb and made a big gap and kind of forget the rest of it from there to be honest but mm-hmm. alright boys are oh, the boys across the street there <laughs> <laughs> but no it was it was, uh, no, it was massive for me it didn't really settle in until I got uh, across the line sort of thing but uh, a yeah, really good race like probably one of the best races of the year everyone's there massive crowds and yeah you're just getting chased down the hill by 400 odd people with sharp elbows and just as keen to win as you are so it's, yeah it was it was pretty big really, really nice to win one yeah. pick off I guess yeah, and and do you think do you think that win, for example, has helped you get get this signing for this year? Do you think that was part of it? Yeah, I think I think the whole aim of my year is just to rack up wins, really. So I got a couple in the UK. I was really surprised about it, actually, and then that they wins in Ireland and stuff. And it just kind of get name out to know that you you can actually ride a bike and you can you know how to win a race because there's so many guys that like. They're really strong and can ride a bike, and they just they maybe just don't know how to win a race and be confident and sort of have that winning sort of you know strategy about them. But uh, yeah, I was I was just happy to get a, a load of wins throughout the year and just just be riding well, really. And yeah, I think it definitely helped. Yeah, it, I, it kind of was probably a a bigger deal after it happened, sort of thing. I didn't like obviously I thought it was it was great and all, but um, when I got home and I checked online and there was like loads of papers writing up on it and loads of people wanted to talk about it. I was like, oh, well, it was probably bigger than I thought. So, <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was very cool. Yeah. No, I, you know, it's, it's an awesome event. And I, I think winning something like that and with the crowd and all behind you there, you know, when you were, when you were crowd surfing and all, you know. Um, yeah, it was a bit mental. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think it just all lends to the whole atmosphere of the thing. And I think people just love to see that, you know. Oh, so it's so unique, man. And it's just, it's great. Like, because there's so many people there maybe you know there could there could be like 50 to 100 people that don't really race bikes and they just wanted to, to show up and race just because they know the event and how special it is and who be at it and the red bull athletes there and stuff it's just so unique and yeah real special yes and I'll, i think i'll just finish that and every year now is Mm-hmm. as far as i'm still going really yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know you see when you see on onboard footage it's just mental it's like it's like there's landmines or something all over the place you know you just see boys oh, going it's, up. yeah <laughs> it's crazy i think i think this was probably the first year there wasn't a winning gopro run like i literally got to the first bridge and my gopro died or something oh, i couldn't dear. believe it when i went back uh when i went back to to watch it over it just stopped about 30 seconds in. i was like oh no uh-huh. And then everyone was kind of looking, looking the footage and stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, it didn't record. <laughs> Probably the first time in history it's ever happened, sort of thing." But I will. Yeah, and um, did you go? Did you go this? Well, last year. Now, did you go last year to the fox hunt looking for a win? Was that was that what you were really, you know, aiming for? Uh, the the fox hunt passed there, or the yeah. one before? Yeah, the one uh, passed no, that you yeah, did win. Sure, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It was there. It was there to win, no doubt about it. Like, I mean, the year before, kind of like, um, I wasn't really entered for the race and, like, uh, just got back from finale and, and didn't really do much and kind of showed up and just 
had a good time. I think we had a few drinks on Saturday night sort of thing. <laughs> and it was just messing around. But uh, this year, I just I just full, full on attack. I was like, yeah, I need to, need to take this one off and win it. And I'm happy I did. Like, it just it couldn't have went to plan anymore. So, yeah, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, and I think you, you end at a good streak from Colin Ross as well, I think. Yeah, well, he, he was actually... Um, he was actually chasing chasing us down as well, fair play to him. So MG and Loic was it, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, but, but yeah, he had quite a streak. He's, he's quite good at that race. I think. I think if, uh, he's probably one of the best on that track, really. To be honest, so him and him and Jacob really. So it was good to good to beat them down, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic. And you'll definitely be defending it this year, will you? Oh, for sure. Yeah, as I say, I'll just. I think like. It's pretty much going to be the same every year from now on. Just like finale, be like the second last week in October or or the first week in October, and then Fox and Toys the week after. So yeah, it'll be a similar finish at the end of every season. And yeah, I'll just I'll just do what I did last year, hopefully, and just attack it and go for it again. Really, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's jump back a wee bit um, because what age are you now? I'm 24. You're 24, so you're still you're still only yeah. a young. You're, you're just a young buck, no, you know. Just a young pup, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's go back a wee bit. So, how did you start riding, and how did you get into mountain bikes? Uh, started mountain biking, well, like pretty young, like maybe like 10 or 11. I always always had a bike, you know, and I think uh, kind of really really kicked off when like me and my brothers were going up to. We have a forest gorge and there was just like a lower part called Glengowna and we just, we literally just built the sketchiest jumps, sat around and ate food and didn't really do much. Probably did like, you know, like walking up and down maybe five or six times. We were there from like dark to dark, but, mm-hmm. you know, just digging and riding and stuff. And yeah, I think me and Patty, my brother, shared a bike for years and then we ended up getting our own bikes and yeah, just progressed from there. Started riding with people a bit faster and making the spins a bit longer and yeah, kind of from there, sketchy jumps and sketchy tracks and just riding them at a young, uh, young age and going from there, yeah. Yeah, and I take it there was no, you know, like trail centres at that time? There was nothing like Dad uh, or Ross Trevor at that time? No, that that was, no, that, I think maybe, was it Blackenborn maybe was sort of the closest one to home? Mm-hmm. Um, but still, when we started off, it wasn't there or anything, but uh, there's actually still not one up in Gorton, unfortunately, so. Yeah. It's it's a it's a bit crap now, but uh, yeah, there there wasn't really much of a trail center um, development going on at that time. It was kind of just go up and build your own stuff and fart about in fire roads and build jumps out of wood and stuff. And yeah, that was it. When the trail center thing kicked off, it just made it a lot easier to go out and do a decent day's riding on the bike, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, it really helped. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because I think that's the main advantage from the trail centres is that it's just easy to go and do it. They're just there. They're you know they're the oh, drainage yeah. etc. So you can just go and go that's and get it, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. I, I I think places like Davlin and stuff are just great. You just park up and I mean, if you do all the trails, you're you'd be there at least an hour and a half sort of thing. Never mind if mm. you lap it up a few times. Like so, yeah, it's just great. And there's something there for everyone. Like we always bring the nephews down and. They fart about the same stuff as we do, and yeah, just have a ball, man. Yeah, it's great. Just have something there in front of you that you know it's always going to be there, and you can just ride it whenever you want. It's great. Yeah, no, it, it really is. It's we're so lucky here, you know, and um, I think we do realise it, but you know, we never really talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, 
it, it is great. Like places like Ross Trevor and we're actually up in Castle Wellam today. But yeah, you don't realise how lucky you are when um when you when you go out to a mountain and there's like, say thirty odd k of you know dedicated trail for you to just go and do whatever you want really for as long mm-hmm. as you want. So yeah, mm-hmm. we're blessed yeah. as you say. Yeah. So how did you get into the racing scene there, Kevin? Can you remember? Were you involved in clubs or anything at a young age? Can you remember when it kind of switched to you wanted to be doing this a wee bit more, um, pro- not professionally, but a wee bit more serious? Um, so uh, my first race, I remember doing it. Uh, it was either Bigwood or Ballycarton, one or two, and it was kind of like on a single-speed hardtail with V-brakes. So, like, got the first <laughs> corner, and, and it was just completely clogged up, and I spent, like, my race on unclogging my bike sort of thing. So... That was that, and then I didn't race for ages, I think. Um, and what, until age I got maybe you, a fo- what age would you have been then? It probably would have been in, like, youth as it is now, maybe, like, an under-15 or something, maybe. Yeah, right. maybe under-15 or something like that, maybe even younger. Okay, and, and what, yeah, and that what, was made you, what made you want to do that? Was it was there a few of you done it, a few friends, or was it something you wanted there was to that, do? There was, a, there was an old shop, uh, Bicology in Oma, and you kind of just looked up to those guys, and back then they were just, like, complete pros us sort of thing they ran away every Saturday and Sunday racing and riding we were just like yeah that's yeah let's do that so you kind of like beg dad to sort of give you a lift down in the van and mm-hmm. maybe stay over in some B&B and some somewhere completely random and just yeah go out and race and that was uh, pretty pretty young at that stage and uh, didn't really like take it too competitive until maybe maybe 18 or 19 started racing a bit of downhill and stuff Right, okay. And, uh, yeah, well, downhill was kind of the main thing for me, sort of thing, um, at the start. And, uh, yeah, that, I wouldn't say I took it overly too serious. I think I was, like, I was in college and stuff, and um, would work to do, and there was plenty of socialising to do as well, so we got that done. And, uh, yeah, I just rode downhill at the weekends, and then I think I always kind of had, like, a hard tail or something, and I ended up spending more time on that, just doing sort of big spins and riding down and, just earphones in and doing my own thing really and then that's kind of where the whole enduro thing kind of came from I was just like the downhill bike was sitting at the bottom of my bed in the student house not really getting much use you know I didn't have a car or anything so it was like come from the house in the hardtail and just ride whatever kind of worked a lot handier that way so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how I started with the whole um, enduro thing really yeah yeah okay and the, the crazy the crazy thing about that is you know can you remember bike to them times and the level you're at now and do you kind of know or you know how, how can I put it do you know how you've gotten to this level you know have, has there been coaches have there has there been people in your life you know advising you and, and helping you out oh for sure yeah I mean my mom and dad have just had complete and utter support behind me the whole way up and even my sisters and my brothers and stuff they kind of maybe in the last two years they've kind of realised right well Maybe this is this is kind of what he wants to do, and he's gonna pursue this maybe as as his thing sort of thing. So they've been totally behind me and helped me that way. But um, yeah, maybe maybe was it like two years ago? I got uh, through Nuke Proof. They got me um, like an ebook or what was it called? Enduro, the book of Enduro from Chris Murray, which was like point one athletic who coaches me now. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just filtered in and out of that, and kind of got an idea, a wee bit of an idea how to train and just how to look after myself a bit more. And uh, then the year after that, I think, um, yeah, Chris Chris took me on and 
kind of just a bit more contact, a few more phone calls, and just watching the progression and stuff. And it kind of went from there. And um, first year I was with him, but I just had a bunch of mechanicals. Like it was a, yeah, twenty sixteen. Just had a bunch of mechanicals. I was riding the bike well, and the bike was all good, and all the parts and stuff were good. But I just just had a lot of flat tires and ripping necks off in the middle of the French Alps and stuff. So it didn't didn't really work out. But um, yeah, just got stuck in after that and sort of made seventeen count. And yeah, I've been training with him ever since. It's been great. Mm-hmm, yeah, and it, it's interesting, you know, because um, it's it's funny the whole coaching thing and and. It just seems so different from here to the states. You know, if you show talent at a young age, you get coached from a young age. But here, yeah. you seem to have to make it yourself a wee bit before coaches step. And did you, when you did have that coaching help, um, was it a daily thing or was it once a week? Uh, you, you know, how did it work? I think like um, so the winter just passed there last winter. Um, it's kind of would have dropped in and out. Yeah, quite maybe like every two or three days to see how I'm getting on and maybe how the last workout went or how the last spin went or just basically how how's the body, how are you feeling and yeah, you kinda of adapt off that feedback and um you kinda of learn from it and so if a session comes up that you've maybe you've already done or something and it kinda of knows you're comfortable with doing it, so you'll kinda of just leave you to it and sort of make it your own and do it your own way. I mean it there's no really right way of doing it, like there's loads of different things you can do to help you progress on the bike whether it be like gym work or like riding the bike or just general looking after yourself and stuff so yeah, as I say there's no real right way of doing it there's loads of variety and different things you can do but I think I think having a coach is massive just somebody just to keep you in check and you know, feed a bit of positive energy into you and sort of like let you know that you're doing well and you're progressing and things are happening and stuff so yeah it's been it's been really good I'm really enjoying working with Chris and um, as you can see, he coaches the likes of Greg Callahan and stuff, and yeah. seems to be working out for those boys as well. So, as, as you're part of a team, do you ride with them guys all the time, or do you just meet at races? Um, you know, because you you are on social media quite a lot, and you seem to be out riding with a few guys all the time. Yeah, you're you know, you're good mates. You're part of a team, or you're just friends that ride together. So, like last year with Wide Open or Greg or yeah, with the Wide Open guys, yeah. Oh, yeah, so it was me and Hutch were kind of in the enduro side of things. Um, as I say, last year was probably probably one of the busiest years I've ever had, really. So um, kind of getting away for, like, long weeks of riding didn't really happen. Like, we we planned to go, maybe go away and just do a few things together, but it ended up me and being just meeting at races and racing together. With Hutch, is, Hutch is great. Like, he, he was great to race with. He's always positive vibes around him and really good teammates. So it was, it was real good just to meet up with him at, like, a Scottish round or... Um, like hard rock or something and just pushed each other so yeah it was great to feed off each other he was a good teammate so um, yeah. yeah just just kind of meeting up at the, uh, the race weekends really yeah okay and the guys you ride with now are they just are they just friends that, that, that bike um, yeah we've we've actually such a solid crew up north here like um, I mean Saturday and Sunday you're just you're never stuck for having at least 10 men out doing a good 4 hour spin like it's great and uh, during the week if you if you really wanted to you give someone a call, you could go out and do some training sessions with someone else as well. So, yeah, the, the, yeah. the crews you have up here, probably, probably the best spins you have in the world, really. Like, you just go out in the absolute stinking wet, come back, bogging, and smiles for miles sort of thing. It's class. <laughs> <laughs> it really is good, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, well, you definitely seem to be enjoying yourself, that, that's for sure. 
Um, it's good. Stuff. I think I think that's sort of the key behind it. Like it's just sort of keep it fun. And I mean, if you go in and just train yourself into the ground and be miserable, you're not going you're not going to perform. So I'm just just keeping it fun, loads of variety and trying different things and just yeah, having mm-hmm. having a great time. Yeah. Class. yeah well that's good that that's interesting so you know because you've spent a lot of weekends away at races and you're training quite a lot and you're on the bike a lot do you ever miss um hanging out with friends i'll not say no norm- yeah. normally but you know do you do you miss them nights out on the drink or were you ever really into that you know how does that yeah, work for out? All for sh- yeah i think the first first couple of years of uni we all just just went off the rails a bit and had the crack, yeah. That was like biking sort of took a um, a back seat, and now it wasn't really, as I said, it wasn't really taking it too seriously then. But it's not. I do have to miss a lot of nights out and away for birthday parties and stuff. It sucks, but um, it's, it's just something. Yeah, it's just a small sacrifice, I guess. Like it's just mm-hmm. one of those things that you might have to miss a couple of nights out because you have something big on the next day, and you know that that's going to benefit you in the long run. So just go out and get it done and. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes like it's a. We're actually we're actually not too bad. Like we're, we live with a few lads in the house. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be out every weekend or anything like that. So it's pretty good that way. So we still get loads of time to chat and hang out and do things during the week. So it's all good. Yeah, happy days, happy days. Now up until now, Kieran, what would you say is the best piece of piece of advice you've ever received regarding your mountain biking career? Best bit of advice, well. Um, it's, it's cheesy, but just have fun. Like honestly, I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a complex sport. In a way you can like you can really tear it apart and think about every aspect of it, or you can just sort of go out, have fun, and just ride your bike and just focus on things that make you stronger and stick to it, stick with a bit of program and can't be good every day. Like we're not robots, sort of thing. Like I mean, mm-hmm. we're gonna have some good days and some bad days on the bike. Some days you're gonna go out and ride tight. Some days you're going to go out and smash into corners and just feel at the top of the world. And that's just, yeah. that's just the way it is. Just, just keep chipping away at it and, yeah, have fun. Keep loads of variety in it. And, uh, yeah, fun. That's good advice. That's good advice, definitely. Yeah. Now, let's talk a wee bit about sponsorship and your training and the support and stuff uh-huh. like that you receive. Um, so who's your main sponsors at the minute then? Uh, so we just we just uh, changed team there. So it's Chain Action Maverick team. So the title for the new team this year. So um, obviously riding on the Nook Proof bikes. I'll be on uh, large Nook Proof Carbon for the first part of the year anyway, the 650B model. And uh, okay. yeah, we're gonna gonna go with that for the first part of the year. Good stuff. And is that a new bike to you? I suppose you're on the the new 2018. But have you read the Carbon before? Yeah, I've had it. I've actually had it all winter. I was on the 29, 29-inch bike last year. I loved it. I'm on the just on the 650B now for uh, tires right now because um, you just got a bit of a heavier casing on the the smaller wheels, the 650B wheels. So we're just going to mm-hmm. use that for the broad races and try sort of eliminate flat tires and stuff for the meantime until maybe we get like a 29 tire developed or something like that. But yeah, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the 650B wheels. To be honest. Real right, fun, nice for the tight tacky stuff at home. Yeah, no, no, that that's cool. That that's cool. And um, you know, how how much have your sponsors helped you out? Um, you know, do you think you could ever got to the level you're at now without the help of sponsors? I mean, no, no, definitely not. No, I mean, like last year, wide open, sort of as they say, introduced me and gave me that sort of 
opening to the UK scene, I mean, I wouldn't be able to been able to go over there and race every weekend, but if it wasn't for them and Nuke Proof and stuff, and even last year we had Sea Truck on board, which were like a boat company that gave us ferries back and forth to UK. So that, mm. that was just massive. I mean, it just wouldn't have been possible without them guys. So yeah, it was just, as I say, I was racing the Irish scene and they opened their UK based team and they opened me to the UK scene. And now I'm just taking that sort of next step where Chain Reaction are sort of opening me to like full support at the world scene now. So mm-hmm. yeah, just taking it step by step and yeah, sipping away in it. Yeah, very good. And what bike did you. Did you always ride Nuke Proofs um, or did you ride them once you kind of got sponsored by them? Were you ever on them before that? Uh, so it was uh, 2015. Um, the guys at Chain Reaction got on to me and was just like, yeah, I've got like a bit of a factory race and Nuke Proof development squad sort of thing going on. And me, uh, it was a kipper, Christopher McGlinchey um, and Jack Crowley were on it for like, I got a wee bike. I was just like, right, I'm just going to do these enduros and end up winning the first elite race, was it? And uh, I was like, yeah, this, this is this is sweet. So I'm going to going to keep doing this anyway. And then ever since then, it's kind of been when just doing a lot more racing. And anyway. I think that was kind of the goal last year was just ramp up as many races as you can. But yeah, I think yeah, it's massive help in terms of like just getting a bike and always having fresh stuff on it and have a nice kit for races and stuff and just. Yeah, it's massive help. It goes a long way. Like it, it's, it's quite hard to do it without it, but it yeah. can be done. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's it like working with the the Nuke Proof team and and with Nigel Page, etc. And do the boys like do you just have a good laugh, or, or you know, does he does he push you and encourage you quite a lot? Um. Well, with the whole Nuke Proof, like Rob and Ali, there, they're kind of what got me into the. Um, sort of opened that door and they performed me and gave me a chance in 2015 yeah. so it's been an absolute pleasure working with them like probably two of the nicest guys you'll ever meet and they do nothing but uh, what I want to see you progress and um, help you out sort of thing uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty early days with the team reaction thing where it like, doesn't really kick off till 20th of February we have a team camp out in Tennessee so get out right. and hang with the boys for maybe 10 or 15 days and just ride some bikes and set up suspension and yeah, maybe get to know each other a bit better and kind of go from there. But at the minute, I'm kind of just at home training away and getting used to the bike and stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty early days for that, but it'll come in pretty soon. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll be out in America riding bikes together as a team in the new kit and some sick. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah I'm buzzing, yeah. Yeah, so i'm sure there's a load of young fellas that look up to you and young boys getting into biking that that senior fox hunt went and all and really look up to you what piece of advice would you give them just starting out um or if they're even thinking of looking for sponsors and stuff what advice would you best think they should take on board well i would say to like the nephew dara and potagog they have like every night of the week they have something on whether it be like uh swimming or Gaelic or football or I, I just say just keep at them all until you sort of narrow down and you know pick, pick and choose the one you want to do sort of thing I think there's quite a lot of guys out there now that just all they want to do is uh, you know become a professional mountain biker and kind of forget why you start in a way sort of thing like hmm. I think back when we started it was just the last thing in our minds was to sort of be the best racer out there we were just literally doing whatever going around and just hanging out before so it would have lasted and it was just great crack but 
Yeah, it does. Don't take it too seriously at a young age. Like it's, you enjoy your riding more if you get better, of course. But I just think go out and do what you want to do and have have a bit of fun with it. Don't get into something too structured at a young age. You just end up sort of drilling it into and getting bored. And maybe when you get a bit older, maybe realize it's not for you or something. But yeah, just right and have fun, man. Really, I mean, you can yeah. you can de- definitely overdo it at a young age. So, I and and do you think? Kaden, with your new sponsor now and your new signing and stuff, are you a wee bit nervous that it may become a wee bit more serious, or are you still going to really try and keep the fun element in there? Oh yeah, I always keep the fun element in. I mean, I think the pressure. There's always pressure, no matter what race you do, but it just depends how much you want to put on yourself. Like, there's press. I wouldn't say there's like mad pressure from sponsors, or we need to get this or anything, because they know. That, that just isn't going to help the situation. They're all stressing and yeah, pressure and stuff. So that I think they're kind of just yeah, believe in the process a bit and hopefully it will come. But yeah, real, real motivated for it at the minute and yeah, just trying not to let any nerves or pressure get to me at the minute. Sort of thing. It hasn't been too bad. So um, as I say, a lot of people just feed off the nerves when it comes to comes to racing and stuff like that. So let's see what happens when it when it comes to. Yeah, so let's talk about your training because um, that can also help, I suppose, with pressure and stuff. If you know you've trained hard and, and you're prepared, and it can help you physically and, and mentally as well. But um, mm-hmm. you're always on the bike and socials. You're very active on the social media side of things, but you're always training or on the bike or doing something. It's, it's pretty amazing. So, what's your training schedule like? You know, I know you've said there earlier that you, you keep it you vary it and you, you keep it different but do you split bike time with gym time and do you do strength training and, and what what's your kind of schedule like um at the minute since sort of like on the training full time it's kind of yeah a couple of big spins during the week well maybe more spins are getting a wee bit longer now during the week because I have a bit more time but there's always a purpose to every session, a purpose to every day, and a purpose to every week sort of thing, and an outcome at the end of the week. Like, Saturday and Sunday is kind of um, big, long days. Go out and sort of just ride and progress on the bike and sort of back to basics and yeah, big, big long, steady rides and just improve in cornering and riding. And uh, during the week, normally about, say, about average about two gym sessions and, mm-hmm. yeah, there'll be a load of, Lot of selfie intervals on the on the bike as well, and then normally take a Monday off, just trying to do absolutely nothing. There, um, it's quite good. Chris gives us uh, what he calls a free session, so you might have like say a gym in the morning, and then like free session the rest of the day. So it's up to yourself, just sort of like as I say, put a variety. Maybe go down to the skate park, or just go out for spin and spin the legs, and not quite for long maybe. But um, there's always there's always loads of key sessions in there. Like there'll be some intervals and then uh, do some intervals into a track or there might be some uh, maybe like tempo repeats sort of just the high intensity stuff mm-hmm. and yeah then the weekend sort of like big volume and then of course your your gym is just strength and conditioning and yeah intervals in the rower as well which aren't which aren't pretty but have to be done <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so so when you're out in the bike and stuff you will kind of target certain things you'll do you'll do like interval training and things like that you just won't go out like me say and just go for a couple of hours and go out around the trails and come home again you'll, you'll go out well, with yeah, specific there's def- things to do 
there's definitely sessions like that where you go out um it says go out and do two hours and do uh maybe 10 or 20 max 10 second sprints and that's sort of the purpose of the session but the rest of the mm-hmm. session will be just go out and enjoy skis and progress on the bike i mean we're mountain bikers so we can get better on the mountain bike sort of thing but yeah there's yeah. there's a there's a purpose behind every session yeah definitely yeah very good and it's it's great that you're getting help with that you know and, and being kind of advised in the right direction and stuff i think that's very very important yeah uh, it's, it's, it's important just to have someone to let you know um maybe just you don't have to be training all the time like maybe take a rest now and then and mm-hmm. just let your training sort of take its place and recover and you start to learn your body a bit better as well as as you as you keep to the same structure and um yeah, just start to learn your body a bit more and know when you need a rest and know when to stop and know when to train more and yeah, it's good. It's been it's been a good learning process and I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, for sure. And do you do you hear anything about training? I, I'm sure, you know, you say to yourself, oh, I really couldn't be bothered to go to the gym this morning. Do you ever have that kind of... Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, only, we're only human, yeah. I mean, sometimes you wake up and you feel a bit groggy and it's just a lot easier to lie in bed for an extra hour than it is to go down and get a session done early morning. Like, I mean, it happens. As I say, we don't wake up every day feeling the best we've ever felt. We're only human sort of thing. Some days we'll get up feeling worse than others and other days, you know, um, feel better and you're just waiting well up for it and you end up doing a bit more or something but yeah I guess I mean at the minute I'm kind of just like it's not even an option to sort of miss a session like you know you get up and you see the sessions it's like well that's definitely getting done today so just just go do it like um, and that's just the way it is at the minute but I'm I'm enjoying it more than ever really to be honest because I'm getting better in the gym and I'm getting better at my sprints and stuff and even there I was up during the week with like Greg doing a load of training and just good to to see who you know training with the world's best and stuff to know that I'm, that I'm doing things right and going in the right direction so yeah it's been good yeah it must it must be super exciting for you it must be you know just to to be able to do it full time now must also it would also yeah motivate you more really ah yeah definitely i mean i think even just having that time to recover and like have less stress like as i say when i was working with Joe with potato bread like the crack was great but sometimes you're up at like before six to get like a ride in in the dark and it's just like snowing and you mm. get back and then you have like half an hour to get ready for working in and then though when you have like a gym session in the evening it's just it's just tough man and loads of people do it like I mean it's not that it can't be done it's just tough but it's yeah. a lot nicer to sort of have that time to maybe prep for a session or prep for the next session and just really focus on what what the outcome of the session is and maybe get a bit more done and yeah i've really enjoyed it now the last last three or four weeks yeah yeah brilliant brilliant so i also noticed on socials that you post up quite a lot of stuff you have you have cooked now this may be a weird way to go here but uh have you been taught how to eat properly and stuff like that as well as your training i think um i learned bits and bobs from over the years, I absolutely love to cook. Actually, like I really love to cook. Um, I love prepping meals, and I, I feel a lot better when I eat good food, and I, I train a lot better when I eat good food. So, um, I think when when my dad used to cook for us when we lived at home, it was it was always. I mean, the plate had two thirds veg on it, and then the rest was whatever sort of thing. So, kind of like, you know, we always had good food going in this, and 
it doesn't mean I don't have a sweet stiff, uh, a sweet tooth. I'm sort of <laughs> binging out the odd time and something nice. But yeah, I just I just feel I feel a lot better when I eat and cook good food with loads of color and loads of nutrients and stuff. But yeah, I I love cooking. Like I look forward to go home and cooking my dinner. So yeah, yeah. So tell me, in in the morning there for breakfast, you seem to have. Let me let me. I'm just guessing now. I'm just guessing. <laughs> brown, brown bread. Avocado, would that be right? Yeah. Avocado. Abs- poached, absolutely. Poached yeah. egg, maybe. Poached Always. egg. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the poached egg myself. Um, mm. Do you have spinach sleeves on that? No. Spinach and a bit of racket, yeah. Yeah, definitely. As I say, there's right, loads there of colours. There's loads of greens and yellows, and yeah, you can't you can't really go wrong, can you? Like. Mm-hmm. No, no. And why do you have the avocado? I, I love avocado. I kind of just replace it with butter sort of thing and maybe like mash it into bread or something and it's full of, it's full of good fats and stuff, right? And it's just it's just the alternative new thing at the minute. Everyone's eating avocado, ah. I guess. It's kind of just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any those, pro rider that puts food. a photo up, yeah. Any any pro rider that puts a photo up at the minute of breakfast or a meal, there's avocado. <laughs> well, that's it, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny one and it was the exact same for me. I've just seen someone it's probably Greg at Colmurray or someone just posting up a picture of a poached egg and avocado. I was like, right, well, I need that. And then went and bought some, and I was like, wow, they're class. And yeah, uh-huh. I've been spending a fortune on them ever since. It's been draining the funds, <laughs> lovely. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know what I don't like about avocado? It's cold. I don't like the coldness on... I, I kind of like... Uh, well, I mean, I really, I really like hot and cold food. You know, if you had something hot and something cold on the plate, I really like that. So if you have right, a hot egg right. and like a hot piece of toast, but then cold avocado, I'm all I'm all right. over that, yeah. Wow, right. Well, that makes me feel better. I've never been a professional mountain biker then, because I can't do the hot and cold. So yeah, well, if you're not eating <laughs> avocados, then there's just there's no hope for anyone really. That's that's the truth. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so let's talk a wee bit more about your racing and your results and stuff like that. So you had wins at kind of like Ard Rock and Juro and. Tweed Love and uh, you're you're the Irish National Enduro Champion at the minute. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and you also won um, the Dava Night Enduro. When was that? Oh well, that was that was before I even had a nip I won it on like a little Genesis hardtail. Ah, uh, that right. must be. I must say about five or six years ago, now, I think. Yeah, I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask you because um, I had Michael on the on the podcast a few weeks ago yeah uh, that's correct and um it was telling me that you had won it and stuff um yeah, which i didn't actually know so no happy days that was cool that was yeah cool. no that was a great it was actually a good race first race i've ever had uh with the torch and the, the light actually died halfway around and i had to use a wee crappy sort of like hill walking head torch i remember that but <laughs> it was a good race yeah i'll, I'll go back to it someday for sure yeah, cool, cool. So uh, you you've raced both downhill and enduro. Um, now that you've got this new sign and the stuff, are you going to be still doing downhill, or is it just sheerly concentration on the whole enduro thing? Um, yeah, definitely the focus is on enduro, but I wouldn't say no to the odd downhill race. Definitely, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, it's even just getting on a downhill bike and sort of getting that fast pace is is really important. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a weekend free, it doesn't clash with a race that I'm scheduled in. I'll, I'll definitely hit up a downhill race. Definitely, maybe an Irish one or a British round or something. I see they've got a new series up and running again. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely factor in one or two. You know. 
Yeah, no, that's cool. And would you have your team support to do that? Um, as I said, I don't really know which ones I do. Or I think if it was an Irish one, I would probably just show up on the trail bike. And I think I don't know. Was it last year? And yeah, maybe the year before. Just uh, done a downhill race and just like cycled up and down on the trail bike and I just did it that way. It was it was good training weekend as well. And just sort of sort of having that track where you can like do laps on a track and get to know it. And I think it's I think it's really important. So and it's just it's best to crack too. All the boys are about and we're, Riding jumps and berms and stuff, so yeah, it's sick. Yeah, no, I, I'll definitely talk to him down over race or two this year, definitely. Yeah, cool. And take us through, Kieran, if you wouldn't mind, a, you know, a typical day for you racing. You know, what's your kind of, what's your routine in the morning? Do you get up really early? Do you lie in? Do you listen to heavy metal music before you ride? What's your kind of, what's your kind of routine? So, as a privateer. At any of the bigger races, you're probably up to about half twelve, one o'clock, trying to build wheels and change tires and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, and um, yeah, it's not that it's stressful. It's just like kind of you'd rather be in bed for o'clock rather than sitting up with like a head torch out of the back of a van fixing a bike to get ready for your nine o'clock start sort of thing. But um, race weekend practice, it's pretty pretty casual sort of um, most of practice and. The bigger races are either like you sort of uplift a bit and then pedal a bit, um, kind of ride down a track maybe, maybe once, maybe walk a few bits and uh, maybe walk a couple of technical bits that sort of catch your eye and might be worth having to look with. There's a couple of lines over the time in some sections, but again, just kind of having fun with it, not really like taking it too seriously because you can get caught up in the whole sort of racing side of things too much when you probably ride your bike better when you're just enjoying yourself and loose and um yeah not being too tight or anything like that so yeah don't don't take don't take it overly of course i take it seriously but i try to keep it fun and um, play around with it and still learning i guess as well so mm-hmm. um yeah no real no real be- structure to it or anything at the minute but yeah and before you go on your run would you be nervous at all yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're like you're sitting there and maybe you, you kind of have to belt down a track at thirty odd mile an hour that you might have only rode once, so there is there is nerves there. Like, I mean, it's kind of like you try to picture the track that's maybe ten or fifteen minutes long, and you can only picture the first three corners, and then your mind goes blank after that. You're like, oh, what? A, how am I meant? <laughs> how am I meant? How am I meant to get up the race pace in this? But you kind of get into rhythm and you make mistakes and you recover from them and. Yeah, there's there's always nerves, but it's kind of like you have loads of nerves before you drop in, and then you do the stage, and then you get to the bottom, and you you almost can't really remember anything that happened. Almost, it's kind of like it's not until like the next transition or climb, you kind of bits coming back where you're like, oh yeah, that's right, I, mm-hmm. I dropped the pedal there, or oh yeah, I hit that corner well, I got that whole section good, and yeah, it takes a while to settle in, but yeah, there's always nerves. I think I think everyone has nerves, so. Yeah, yeah, certainly. No, no, it's cool. It's probably actually quite a healthy thing, to be honest. Yeah, it just depends how you use them, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. That's it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to ask you silly questions like, um, how's your racing been going this year, and are you happy with the way things are going? Because I think we know the answer to that's all pretty good. Um, <laughs> um, you know, and you have got a good plan set up for your foreseeable future there, anyway. But do you have an end goal to all of this? Is there anything you have that you want to achieve by the end of, of your racing career? 
Yeah, I definitely want to just be recognised on that world circuit and be up there with the world's best, really. That's kind of that's kind of the end goal. And just enjoy the journey in the middle. Like I've, I've got a massive opportunity here, so I'm not... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing and stick to the program and yeah, see see what happens from it. I do I do have a couple of end goals, but um, yeah, I just I just want to be sort of in the mix there with the the best in the world, sort of up there in, in the single digits, as it were. And yeah, just be just be known as an all round good rider in the world circuit, and that's kind of the the outcome of the main goal at the minute, sort of thing. But for now, I'm just sticking to the program, get the winter under me, and staying healthy and injury free and yeah, going from there. Good stuff. Sounds like a good plan to me. Uh, yeah. So, so tell me this now. Did you have an injury earlier in the year? Um, this year was actually pretty good. It was pretty injury free. I hurt my wrist out in France for a bit, and so I mm-hmm. kind of went off and just did a bit of road cycling on, and uh, yeah, didn't didn't get the ride for maybe two weeks out there. But um, I think it was. Was it two, three years ago? I had problems on the shoulder, so I had loads of operations right. on the shoulder. But it's been, it's really strong now. It hasn't given me any bother in the last year and a half, two years. So no, not pretty, pretty injury free. Like maybe looking after myself a bit better now the last couple of years. So yeah, I mean, yeah. We're still, yeah. That's kind of one of the main reasons of the gym as well. Kind of just building your strength up and trying to be injury free. And so when you hit the deck, you might be able to, you know get away from an injury a wee bit easier if you were if you were less strong sort of thing so yeah yeah no certainly and and your your rest injury was that was that done from a fall yeah it was uh, it was practice in Latwil it was yeah it was a super super enduro in Latwil um, so Latwil it's actually one of EWS's this year and it's just probably one of the craziest races you'll ever do it's just like six downhill tracks Really, really rough, sore in the body, loads of pedaling, just a physical week. And mm-hmm. yeah, we were, just, we were just in practice and we stopped at one of the sections, as I say, just to have a look. And just buzzing as it was and dropped in and just literally over the bars and got myself stuck in a tree, like in a tree about four or five foot up. And the bike was wedged in beside me. And I was just, my wrist was just like knuckles touching the back of my wrist, sort of thing. It bent all the way back. I was like, oh, that's not good. And it was fine. It was actually just a sprain, and but I, I couldn't hold on to the bike for a couple of weeks. So I just went out and did some like pretty famous tour climbs and stuff, like Tour de France climbs on the on the enduro bike, and yeah, it was great. Still got still got loads of bike time in, just not crazy riding downhill bike time, but it was good. Yeah, yeah, and and did that fall scary as it was? Did that put you off any? Did it knock your confidence a wee bit? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't, if anything like. It's hard to come back from some stuff. Like, I mean, if you had a, like, say, you crash somewhere in practice, of course, when you come down to race that, it's going to be playing on your mind a bit that, oh, I crashed here earlier in the week, so it might happen again. But it's just, you yeah, just have to be quite headstrong to be able to, like, completely cut that out and just get on with it and know that you're capable of, you know, just putting it all together. So, yeah, it definitely plays mm-hmm. in your mind. And even sometimes when I'm out on the bike and, like, even still think back to when I hurt my shoulder two years ago and it kind of plays havoc sometimes but I mean and then other days you just don't think about it at all you're just on top of the world and you're riding really well nothing really gets in your way but yeah it's just mindset Mm -hmm. I guess yeah 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, because I remember meeting somebody in the car park one day. I was out for a ride, and they they were wearing full face helmet. They were wearing a back, like a spine protector back brace thing. They had uh, pads on. They had wrist guards on. Job, yeah. Elbow, yeah, you know, like Robocop type thing. And, uh, you know, okay, you know, okay, that that's fine. But I thought to myself, if I was standing in the car park putting all that stuff on before I went out for a ride, all I would be yeah. thinking of is falling you're off. Preparing for myself. falling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're preparing for it to happen. Like you know what's going to happen yeah. already. Uh, I, yeah, it's, I think I think like definitely the equipment stuff's getting a lot better now. So you can kind of wear a full body suit, like a lot of the downhill guys do, and you wouldn't even realize that it's full elbow, back, and chest, and all on. It's just because material technology is getting that good now. But yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Sometimes you know, I don't know. Maybe just get people like having that safe element on their side, knowing that mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe maybe it's a job on the line, or they have kids at home, so breaking breaking a knee or something or smashing a shin just really isn't an option so they just keep themselves well protected at all times and more power to them I guess like me sometimes yeah. I go out and whack my knee in the skate park or something and I have no knee pads and I was just like that's just totally my fault for not wearing knee pads so yeah uh, yeah yeah no it takes us all takes us all yeah we're, we're all uh, going to crash at some stage yeah so up until now then, Keelan, and, and the way things have been going well for you, have you any regrets from the way you've done things up until now? Would you change anything if you had to do it again? Like, I guess there, there is. I mean, like, yeah. There, there could be, like, I try not to dwell on it or, or look back at things I should have done or could have done better. I mean, it's, it's, it's done. It's never going to be able to redo it or, you know, look back and, and do it again sort of thing so I try, I try not to think about it like I mean I have I've missed training sessions in the past and stuff but, you know just maybe just being lazy or something or you know just not being structured with my time but I mean it's just something you can't dwell on I mean like, it's happened it's done go on do something else and progress and maybe learn from your mistakes and stuff but nah, there's, there's nothing really nothing really mad or regret like I mean you could you could say maybe Took, like you could have started a bit earlier or something because people are starting so young now and I didn't really take it too seriously until I was like in my 20s sort of thing and well into my 20s sort of thing so it was just nah I, I, I don't have any regrets like I'm enjoying it the way it's going down at the moment so just getting on with it and making it happen so nah no regrets really yeah good good you seem to be switched on there that's yeah that's pretty pretty strong that's that's good stuff good stuff so let's talk a wee bit about the future then um and just about your your general trails that you enjoy and all is there any trail in your mind that's that would be one of your favorites uh like in in ireland or like just anywhere in the world just anywhere just anywhere yeah um one that stuck out to me was stage two in valberg france it was this brutally long stage and it kind of went over like a couple of like um like grey earth areas where it was real like gravelly um, really rare terrain like you just wouldn't get it around here anywhere just uh, it's like real fine dusty gravel um, and yeah it was long it was about 10 or 15 minutes long and it was just big open grassy turns tight technical sort of French style riding at the bottom and loads of just flat out plowing into rocks and fast open speed tucking and stuff and it, it kind of just sticks out in my head of being one of the 
one of my most favorite stages. I was actually watching GoPros of it the other night, just randomly, and I was just like, yeah, that was probably probably one of the best stages ever. But <laughs> that's why it sticks out in my head. But um, it actually is hard to beat um, up north here, and like the likes of Ross Trevor and like Magic Carpet, like riding down that with three or four guys all in a row, just having the crack. That's that's hard to beat as well. Like, but um, yeah. Good stuff. Is there anywhere you would like to ride if you got the opportunity? Um, well, we're going to Chile and Colombia now in March, so I guess that's a massive opportunity. I never really thought I'd be that, that part of the world ever for mm-hmm. any reason, never mind riding bikes. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've actually never been to Whistler as well, so I'm looking forward to that yeah. this year as well. I'm looking forward to take that off. It's kind of the capital for mountain biking in the world, so mm-hmm. looking forward to that, definitely. Crankworks and all that stuff. Yeah, that'll be amazing. That'll be amazing. I've actually yeah. interviewed, yeah, I've interviewed, um, I've interviewed a couple of girls that have actually been at it. They haven't competed, but they've been living in Whistler when it's on, and they just oh, wow. say that the atmosphere and stuff is amazing. Yeah, and, just uh, something else. Yeah, every, yeah, you know, and the place is buzzing. It's really busy, and everybody's so close together, and the athletes are, you know, just mingling with the crowd, and uh, you mm. know, it just sounds amazing. It's a uh, it's very unique. Like, I mean, I don't know how many disciplines, whether it be slope style or pump track or enduro or downhill. I mean, there's, there's literally so much packed in that week. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, definitely. It, it seems to be a special sort of week. And it's kind of the first year I've got the opportunity, either with money and, uh, you know, the time off uni sort of thing. I never really had the chance. So this year, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Yeah, that'll be amazing. That'll be awesome. So, is there anything, Kaelin, you do outside of mountain biking to chill out, get your mind off things? Uh, right now, it's kind of focused on the bikes, and um, no, not, nothing, nothing mad at the minute. Like, uh, I think before bikes, it was full, believe it or not, full golfing and rugby. So it was before. Um, mm-hmm. I loved, I loved to play golf, and rugby was kind of my main thing for a couple of years before the bikes came around. But um, mm-hmm. no, I just I think it, at the minute it kind of takes up quite a lot of my time. I mean, if I don't, if I'm not out riding the bike in the morning, I'll have gym in the evening or vice versa. Or you know, I, I kind of have maybe a bit of time in between the day to, to cook and resettle before the next session. Or I'll kind of have a big spin that kind of nearly creeps up all the way into the evening, sort of thing. And then you spend the rest of the evening cabbage. You just want to lie down and do nothing really because you're that. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. I mean, you kind of spend a lot more time just chilling out, recovering now, which is great. Which is such a benefit from rather than like coming home and just going straight out the door to do something. Um, but um, yeah, I've seen I spent a bit more time down with the family and stuff, which has been good. Hanging out with my mum and dad and stuff, and my sisters, and that's been real good. I think we we work maybe a couple of months ago and trying to like squeeze, the only time really was to go home was the weekends and. You had like four and five hour spins to do each day, so it just wasn't really happening. But starting to get home a bit more and hanging out with the, yeah sisters, and nephews, and family, and yeah, it's been great. Christmas was good, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you may do it before the racing season starts, um, and I'm sure you're so excited for that. Definitely. You know, that's all you see on on um, Instagram and Facebook and all now is just like you know all the athletes they're they're just they're just ready now you just there's that sense of there's that buzz that that everybody's ready to get racing again yeah I mean, enough no, time off just why race that's it yeah i mean 
I was actually trying to find a race before Chile just to sort of have a race to do before like so your first stage of the year isn't sort of like the World's Series stage one sort of yeah. thing. So mm-hmm. um I'm kinda of looking out for something to do now between now and March. But uh yeah, everyone everyone's just keen to get after it. It's kinda of that, that sort of stage now where everyone's kinda of in their their structured programs and things might be, you know, working out and clicking and yeah, they're just they're just excited to see what you know, what the finished product is almost sort of thing and how well everyone else is getting on, what everyone else has been doing and if what they're doing is working and what they need to change and yeah, just I think it's excited to hear the beeps again and get in between tape really. I'm seeing myself. Yeah, cool man, cool. So so how can people best get in touch with you or follow you or find out what's happening and and uh, get involved with with your um your 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 year this this year? Um, so my main sort of social media platform would be Instagram. It's just it's just Keelan Grant really on Instagram, and then I have a Facebook page as well, Keelan Grant Racing. Um, but basically it's it's the same sort of feed both of them, but. Yeah, I appreciate a, a follow and sure drop us a message. I'm pretty good at responding to them as well. So always keen to have a chat and answer questions. I always get questions about um, components and what I'm running and bike setup and stuff. And I'm more than happy to talk about it and what's going on and what I'm doing and stuff. So yeah, Keenan, just Keenan Grant on Instagram really is the, the main one. Is the main one. Give, All right, brilliant. Thank you very much. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll put the links on show notes and stuff so people can can uh, get easy access and, and things there. for sure yeah. appreciate it um so thank you so much Keelan. it's been awesome chatting to you i know we've been planning this for quite a while but um yeah. you had phone <laughs> issues and you know oh, yeah. crept up on you know so but in That's a way it's worked out for the best because since then you've had that signing and you know to yeah yeah, more to talk about now, yeah so that that was awesome um, so again just you know, thanks very much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was brilliant. And um, yeah, I appreciate appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And I hope you have an awesome uh, an awesome season. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of guys from here following you. That's for sure. No, oh, yeah. Well, good luck with it yourself as well. I've listened to a few podcasts. It seem to be kicking off lately. So yeah, stick at it. And cheers for the opportunity. No problem, mate. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll I'll speak to you later. I'll see you at some of the events anyway. Yeah, for sure, man. Thanks. All right. All the best. Alright, take care. Wow, what a story and thank you so much, Keenan, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to have a chat with us and let the people know what's happening and how you're getting on. And again, just congratulations on your EWS and your signing with CRC Mavic. That is fantastic and I hope you have an absolutely awesome season, my mate, and I will be following you on the EWS, so fingers crossed that everything goes well for you there, and you have a wee bit more luck than you've had previously, so I'm sure there'll be lots of people with crossed fingers, and hoping all the best for you, so take care bro, and I hope it all goes well for you. So folks, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, I appreciate you being here, if you didn't listen it wouldn't happen, so thank you so much, and if you do listen on iTunes please go there and leave a review and please share with friends it always helps if you're on Stitcher you can also give it a thumbs up on Stitcher and again share with friends that would be fantastic you can also go directly to the website and download or listen to it there it's mtb-tribe.com you can also subscribe there to the show and you will get more info 
throughout the week on what's happening. Uh, you won't be bombarded by emails. A couple of weeks will be maximum you will get. More to come on that in the near future. I'm still working on a few things to try and get incorporated there. You can also follow us on socials. Instagram is at MTB Tribe and Facebook is MTB Tribe. So folks, thank you so much for being a part and being involved in the podcast. I really do appreciate it and I really do enjoy bringing you these episodes and chatting to the people involved in the industry. It's such an exciting time for mountain biking, not just here in Northern Ireland or Ireland or the UK, but worldwide mountain biking is such a big thing now. So so I'm glad that I can be a part of it, be here and bring you relevant information and let you hear some of the people that you normally wouldn't hear from within the industry. So folks, have a great day, have a great weekend, take care on the trails.